Welcome to Mystery Osiris and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama Thanksgiving cast. Yes, in the world of uh, the OC, it's Thanksgiving. Which is which... a little weird, because it's the third episode of the season. Well, well, I mean, not only that, I thought they were further along. I thought we started much further along in the year. Well, they kept talking about Thanksgiving coming. Uh, were they? Yeah. Oh. Summer said more than once, I'll see you at Thanksgiving. Well, see, the the problem that I had is I thought we were actually very close to when Seth was starting spring semester. Well, this is American Thanksgiving, don't forget, so well, it's November. I know, I know, but still. Like, Seth isn't starting in the spring, he's starting in January. The, sorry, the, the winter semester, I guess, then. The, the second semester of okay. the school year. <laughs> whatever whatever it is called, which I guess would be winter. Whatever. <laughs> Um, because I thought that when they kept they kept saying six like five months later that much later, and I guess I forgot that technically the summer existed. <laughs> so you were like five months into the school year. Well, I because I thought that summer had been gone for five months, and I thought that like I like I thought we were further along in the year so we both than we were. Feel like the timing is wrong, but the timing is what it is. Because well, I thought right like as I was as I was getting ready to watch this episode, I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it's interesting to note that this this year doesn't follow the school year. <laughs> Which it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It's, it's a couple months after yeah. the quote-unquote school year would start. I just realized Ryan got into Berkeley and has just been, like, wandering the earth. I hope he deferred his <laughs> acceptance. Um, I don't think he did. No. I no, don't think, I think so either. I, I think Ryan's going to go straight into the job market. <laughs> Kevin, I have to tell you something. Yeah? It's Thanksgiving in the OC, but yeah. it's spring in Canada. It is spring in Canada. And I have a problem. Spring's giving. What? Allergies. Yeah, they've hit you already? Yep. Ooh. So I'm sniffling all the time, I'm sneezing all the time, and I'm like, I'm sorry, public. <laughs> Let me put my allergy pills on the table in front of me. I've not gone to a restaurant, but you know, in this situation, I'm at a restaurant. Sure. I'm like, do not be afraid of my sniffles. Here's some Benadryl. <laughs> Well, Please no. It's the trees with the white flowers. Well, noteworthy people should also be aware that runny nose isn't a, a symptom of you know the pandemic yeah but people you know people are afraid yeah no that's fair enough uh but you so say you've been hit with hit with the allergies it hasn't quite gone mine are really summer allergies yeah because yeah. you probably have a grass allergy yeah mine mine usually hits quite hard in uh like you know july and august and then the smoke comes and then it's worse well yeah we'll see if the smoke comes this year though hopefully nothing goes on fire yeah maybe the smoke won't come that'd be nice yeah that would that would be nice hopefully it just keeps raining we hope you guys enjoy our weather content on this podcast some hey sometimes the weather is interesting <laughs> when the weather outside is smoke yeah or yeah. dragons yeah 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 all right, uh, let's get into this episode of the OC because it's uh, it's quite an episode. It's a real it's a real third episode kind of also finale. It's real, like hey, we're gonna wrap up a lot of the strings from last season and start some strings of this season. Except that I don't know what the strings of this season are. Yeah. Well, this is the OC season four, episode three, the cold turkey. The cold turkey. Now we open, as we often do, 
in the OC with the ocean and indie music. This might be the first time in this season we've had this sort of opening, which I think... Is conscious. Yeah, is is on purpose. It's supposed to be like, hey, maybe everything's back to normal. Is everything back to normal, Kevin? No. See, Ryan hasn't been talking to anyone. Anyone except Julie. Who he talks to a lot on the phone. (laughs) Unfortunately, Julie has been banned from the Cohen house. (laughs) Yes. She is not invited to Thanksgiving. Yeah, because they made their adopted adopted son be an assassin. Yeah. That that gets you uninvited from Thanksgiving. The Coens can forgive many, <laughs> many, many things that Julie does, but not turning their son into an assassin. Yeah, but not red sparrowing their child. Shocking. Shocking. We found the Coens' limits. Uh, though, uh, with a little bit of film stuff here, this introductory scene with all like the intercutting and, and that stuff is actually very cool and it's done again later yeah show a lot of there's a lot of parallel uh storylines going on this episode which you never get in riverdale so it's cool (laughs) to see the oc like do these parallel storylines and enforce parallel storylines by having them parallel parallel (laughs) having them intercut with each other because while ryan talks to julie on the phone and kirsten and sandy talk to each other about julie and ryan yeah seth talks to summer on the phone and he wishes her a happy thanksgiving and he tells her what's up, but he well, thinks Ryan's going to talk to her today because it's a special yeah. – talk well, to him today because it's a special day. Well, he's leaving her a voicemail because they never talk. No. She yeah. listens to that voicemail, and she's at Brown, and she's melancholy. Well, she finds the Atomic County stuff. And oh. And oh, does she think about that? Does that make her really think? There's a drawing of Marissa on that cover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so just go back for a second. Um so this entire episode, they're going to keep on making this big deal about how Julie's not going to Cohen's place. They're not like not going to Cohen's place for Thanksgiving. It's not happening. I'm like, I feel like this only happened maybe two years. Or do were they were they going when it was Jimmy and? I think they did go the first season because they seemed like I think that's when Kirsten and Jimmy were like kind of hanging out and Jimmy yeah. was like kind of having feelings for her again. I, I guess it would make sense that if that 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 it was happening before then. But I think it was only like I think when they spent Thanksgiving with the Coens in the first season, maybe in the first time they did it. You know what? It actually does make sense that Julie spends every Thanksgiving with the Coens because either either her husband is close friends with the Coens and she's next door neighbors, or her husband is is a Cohen is a Cohen. <laughs> so yeah, you know what? It does make sense that she probably has been to thanksgiving every one of these last seasons that we've seen and like three years is a long time three years is long enough to establish a tradition yeah fair enough Mm -hmm. Uh, but we're not talking about them we're talking about the cohen house where they all arrive in the kitchen at the same time (laughs) for some terrible awkwardness they're stuck together so they offer ryan coffee (laughs) ryan looks like a 30 year old man Ryan has aged a lot over the summer he's he's got man stubble not not like high schooler stubble which is a different kind of stubble Mm -hmm. he is man stubble and like he's gotten really thin like you know muscular thin but he's gotten really thin like his face it's chiseled it's not boyish anymore yeah if anyone has aged it's it's ryan (laughs) it's ben mckenzie which we reflect on as all of the coens stare at the coffee pot because it's not fast Yep. And then we're going to set up some of the storylines we're going to be getting in this episode. Sandy gets a call from someone. Ooh, and he it, needs to know where they are. Ooh, TV show ooh, phone call. Ooh. And Kirsten gets tired of the awkwardness and is like, hey, boys, we're all making Thanksgiving together. <laughs> so in T minus one hour, you guys are going to the grocery store. Yeah, we're together. Yeah, we're getting this done. We're going to have Thanksgiving. I swear to God. I'm moving the storyline forward, you <laughs> bozos. It's called the cold turkey, and we're going to have turkey. 
<laughs> it's a double meaning. Why is she talking about the title of the episode? Why does she always title weeks of our life? <laughs> she always titles. She always uses the as well. I don't like it. Now, I wish you called it the the L.A. That wasn't good. That was a real like a, hammering it in. That's a stretch one. Now, as everyone goes off to do what Kirsten has demanded that they do, Sandy checks in with Ryan, and he just kind of is like, "Hey, Ryan, you think you're gonna get over Voychuk?" <laughs> and Ryan's Ryan's response is. I'm not angry. I just wish he was dead and then walks away, which he will later later describe as getting into it with Sandy. I mean, he expressed an emotion in Sandy's general direction. That's a fight. I don't even know if he expressed an emotion. He he said an emotion. That's true. <laughs> he expressed very which, little. Which for Ryan is pretty huge. I mean, for Ryan, this is getting into it. Yeah, I just had a blow-up fight with Sandy. <laughs> Sandy's like, huh, that was a productive conversation. <laughs> All right, I guess I've learned that something. Ryan's acknowledging his emotions. He's not expressing them, but he's saying them, so that's a step. <laughs> Let me call the person who just called me. Yeah, so he calls back the person for reasons I do not know, but we do learn who he was talking to. In a shocking turn of events. <gasps> it's Voychuk. The credits, I mean, the pre previously ons. Told us this would happen. I mean, and also, I I was actually kind of expecting, and maybe just, this is the very way Riverdale would have done it. I was kind of expecting a few episodes to go by. No, but in the previous seance, they showed Seth being like, you should talk to my dad. He'll help you. Yeah, yes, it, it's true. The thing about the OC previously on is that they will tell you what will happen in that episode. So. <laughs> also, these previously ons really frame things in different ways. Mm-hmm. It, like, it framed like Julie was listening to Neil when he was telling her about Grace. Gloria. Gloria. And I mean, we do know... I think last episode she did reveal that she knew. She just didn't care. I don't know if she did. I think Caitlin... Well, because the thing is that the problem is that they had the situation where everybody thought she knew. Oh, that's true. But I don't know if she ever did. It's really hard to tell what Julie knows and what she doesn't know because she zones out a conversation so much. But uh, anyway, Wojciech, he's there. He's pacing the beach. And then Sandy arrives to pick him up. And Voychuk tries to talk about his emotions, and Sandy says, no, I'm not adopting you. I'm your lawyer, and you better be quiet. I'm not your therapist. I'm not your friend. I'm your lawyer. I'm Ryan's friend. And also Seth's friend. Also Seth's dad. Ryan's a co-dad with me. I can't explain this to you, Voychuk. Sometimes I'm Ryan's dad. And sometimes I'm other people's dads. But Voychuk, never yours. I'm never your dad, Voychuk. Except for right now, kind of. I'm your gonna lawyer. do some dad. Gonna do at some you. dad stuff at you, but mostly I'm your lawyer. We should go now <laughs> to the law place. <laughs> and strange enough, Voychuk agrees with all that. Now, meanwhile, in some hijinks, Seth brings a bagel to his bedroom, and by his bedroom. I mean Taylor Townstead, who has been sleeping under his bed since God knows how long. I like to imagine that she has been there since summer for well, since she first gave the call to summer at the uh, oh, she at was the diner there before. Well, because one thing says this is this about when you went to Brown like uh, a week ago. Oh, that's ago? true. So she has which, probably been there before. Which, the way he said it doesn't sound like she told him he she went to Brown. She's like, hey, I'm going to Brown, and, and he, he was, was like, okay. Tell Summer I love Tell her. Tell Summer I love her. <laughs> yeah, she's been secretly living beneath his bed. 
Now, I just wrote, she tailors it up, which well, really summarizes this scene. Yeah, well, she claims, she makes the claim that, like, oh, well, you told me that your relationship is hanging by a thread. And that's like, I didn't say that. Did Summer say that? And Taylor's like, I want an egg, egg white omelet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then Taylor uh, just, you know, disassociates and goes, it was a dream. I have dreams about things. Seth, sleeping under your bed is weird. <laughs> but I will continue to do it for an unknown time. <laughs> God, I love Taylor so much. <laughs> oh, she's getting kooky. Uh, meanwhile, the person they were discussing, Summer, is at the airport. She calls her dad and she says, Dear Dad, I'm not getting on this airplane. <laughs> I know I'm at the airport, standing here, probably at the terminal. I've, I've gone through security, but... I think I'm not going to go. And she's wearing, like, a, is it like a no and Coulter <laughs> shirt? <laughs> and a backpack, because that's and, summer now. That's, that's summer now. And Neil's like, Surya, hiding from some emotions, Summer? And she's like... No, I'm just against eating turkey. I'm an activist, Dad. <laughs> her, her new thing for this episode that we will see come up in varying waves of intensity is that whenever she's confronted with the fact that she may have emotions, she doubles down on <laughs> on being just a randomly random activist on like, anything in her point of view. Yeah, literally, the first thing she sees and or thinks of is her activism focus. Yes, which it will be a lot of Thanksgiving because that's very much what she can see around her. Now, her father explains to her, absolutely not. I don't care that you're an activist, and I really need to tell you about the conference I went to in Seattle. <laughs> I feel so sad for Neil this episode. I, he... Neil wants to talk to any human being, and no human being is we'll talking... Talk to we'll him. talk to him. He is... Neil is dating yeah. a crazy wacko woman. I'm sorry. Like, I know she's grieving, but it's Julie Cooper, so she grieves in the most insane of ways. Yeah. And he still loves her and just wants to talk to her. He wants to talk to her. He wants to talk to his daughter. The only person he can talk to is Caitlin, who we learn in this scene found a dog on a pier. And now she has it. And now she has it. (laughs) And it is not a cute dog. Nope. Nope. It's a pretty... pretty, I mean, it's a pier dog. It's a dog she found on a pier. Yeah. Yeah. And she really is keeping it, it seems, just to spite everyone around her. But she also seems to love it. I don't know. She she named it Little Julie. Yeah. Which feels like an attack against her mom. But the affection she gives to that dog is a lot of affection. I think she just likes because she can fit it in a purse and carry it around with her everywhere. Somehow I like Caitlyn. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, Summer overhears all this dog nonsense and realizes <laughs> she has to come home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, right. I forgot you're dealing with two of them now. Okay. All right, Dad. I'll be be back. Meanwhile, Julie's busy yelling at her PI, who can't find Wojciech. (laughs) Can't find a boy? (laughs) Why can't you find a boy? The boy that took five months to find in the first place, like... Yeah. Um, Anyway, the, the, the idea being that we're setting up that Julie and Ryan are not done with their whole wanting to find Voychuk thing. Now, Neil follows Julie around, explaining to her that he's been trying really hard to talk to her since he came home from this conference a week ago. Yeah. And she just sort of yells Thanksgiving at him and then leaves. I have to cook because we aren't going to the Coen's. Why are we going to the Coen's? I can't say why we're not going to the Coen's. Kirsten's bad at Thanksgiving, Neil. She makes bad turkey. <laughs> I don't know how to cook a turkey, but I'll do it better. Yeah, it, 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 they, they have a lot of scenes together, and they'll always go the route of, hey, Julie, can we talk? No, we can't talk. I have to do Thanksgiving. Why can't we go to the Coens? We can't go to the Coens, man. Come on. 
And then he then he just goes, then he sighs and leaves the scene. Oh, God, poor Neil. Poor Neil. So, uh, Seth and Ryan are busy grocery shopping, and there's some fun banter about Parsley. Yeah. And I was, like, really over Seth last season, but this season, seeing Seth trying so hard to make a connection with his best friend slash brother, yeah. I'm back on Team Seth. All right. Um, I'm a little bit confused by the fact that, like, so they, they meet up with Julie, because she also has to go get uh, stuff for Thanksgiving, and Seth... Let's let Ryan let's go them. off with Julie. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even let them go off. He he leaves the scene. I have to imagine he he like well, crept somewhere to hide. But because first Julie's like, "Hey Ryan, come to the samples with me," and they eat some Gouda samples. <laughs> but they don't go to the samples. The samples are right next to them. The sample lady is standing between them. They're crowding her. And then they just leave. They're just in a different <laughs> part of the store, and Seth did nothing. <laughs> Is he, like, is he one of those mythical creatures that disappears when you stop looking at them? Well, I'm just confused that he's, he's either, he, like, I have to mention that he really is just trying to give Ryan space because he just wants Ryan, Ryan to, to like, like him. him again. So he's like, you know what, I'll, I'll give you this talk with your handler. Maybe uh, now he'll think I'm cool because my parents say he can't talk to Julie, but I let him talk yeah. to Julie. And, I mean, their chat isn't all that big. Mostly just Julie being like, you have to pretend... That we're over it and they won't suspect us anymore. No, what does come up, isn't this the scene where she's like, you gotta make sure that Sandy's gonna, like, not suspect that you're gonna do a murder. Yeah, pretty much that's what she's saying. She's yeah. saying, like, you have to make Sandy believe that you are over it. No, really, there never comes a point where Ryan actually has to make Sandy believe he's <laughs> he's over it. No, but it does inspire Sandy or Ryan to be like, okay, I guess I'll go to Sandy's law office later and tell him that I'm <laughs> not mad. Turns out I am angry, and I don't want him dead. The opposite of what I've said before. Don't worry, Sandy. <laughs> Between these scenes, though, we get... Uh, some amazingness. <laughs> we get some amazingness. Kirsten, who I guess was cleaning Ryan's room... <laughs> Walks in from the pool house, and Taylor Townsend <laughs> is like a tiny rat. Finds, finds a woman standing in her kitchen, just like, what? <laughs> Taylor's hungry. The bagel wasn't enough. Yeah, Taylor snuck in to eat some stuffing, and Kirsten, man, <laughs> she's like, look, when I see someone standing in my kitchen stealing stuffing, it's usually a sign that something's gone wrong. Taylor, will you talk to me? And Taylor's like, no, it's too dramatic. And Kirsten's like, <laughs> I'll, I'll give, give you, you food. food. <laughs> and Taylor's like, oh, yes, I which, will tell you. Which does make me imagine that she has been living in this house for, you know, a couple weeks now, just sneaking around, grabbing food. Just taking cheese from the fridge. Just taking, just like, like a little rat. Yeah. Like a ratatouille. Now, I love Taylor. She is not like a rat. But in this instance, she is like a rat. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Taylor confides in Kirsten that she got married. Yes. And Kirsten is amused and a little shocked because Taylor's always been like really together and level headed, which I, means she doesn't know Taylor at all. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. It, she, she. Kirsten acts a lot in this episode like she knows everything about Taylor and everything about her mom, but she's constantly wrong actually about the way that we have seen their relationship go. Which, I mean, I guess, to be fair, we have had a different view, and maybe this yeah. is just about Kirsten being a mom and thinking, wow, if Seth snuck away and got married, I'd care a lot about him. Yeah. She Most did, moms are like that, right? Yeah, she forgot that, that Taylor's mom temporarily disowned her because she wanted to get Marissa back in school and not... And, like, unfortunately... That, that, that was the thing that... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
And unfortunately, you know, Kirsten's experience with bad moms is Julie. And Julie, while being absolutely insane, yeah. um, did real does really love both of her daughters when it comes down to it. Yeah. And if, you know, Caitlin or Marissa ran off and got married, Julie would... Julie would send them to a convent. But she would love them very <laughs> but much. But at least she would care about them. And then later she would rescue them from the convent. It yeah. would make no sense. <laughs> yeah, and that will somehow make it all good. Like when she was going to, to you know, murder... I mean, no one knows she was going to murder um caleb but caleb. she was gonna murder she was caleb. gonna murder caleb and then he did one nice thing for her and she was like you know what maybe i won't murder him but then he died anyway yeah so um the, what this Kirsten, comes down to yeah it's like kirsten's like you do have to talk to talk to your mom i'm not gonna talk to her for you and then taylor taylor's at her in french <laughs> yeah like, okay i guess we can do it another time but you have to help me cook and that Gets Taylor very excited. Taylor definitely wants to help cook. Which is the first indication that Kirsten has messed up. <laughs> well, first, Seth meets Summer at the airport. He brought roses because it's a special day. And she's like, why is it a special day? And he says, because you're here. Yes. <laughs> Seth misses his girlfriend. His girlfriend misses Marissa. <laughs> Some people have not processed their emotions, and by that I mean I think Seth is the only person who has processed his emotions. <laughs> well, what once again, Seth is the only person they really didn't give any relationship with Marissa about, so I'm not surprised that he processed that them. he processed them really fast because every other character in this show has had a closer relationship with Marissa than Seth has. True. That that includes Sandy and Kirsten. True. <laughs> yeah. So for him, he's like, oh man. My best friend, brother's girlfriend died. And I know her since I was a kid, but we really drifted away over the last decade. And even when we hung out together all the time. She never talked to me and I never talked to her. I just had memories of her being mean. We just sort of pretended each other didn't exist and went on our ways. I thought she was bad for Ryan, but he loved her, so I will keep up appearances. I still think she was bad for Ryan. I still think... So I will say, sorry, this is like a sidestep and this is not a recap. Yeah. I don't love the storyline this season that Ryan, like, refound his love for Marissa. Like, it seems like they're writing it like Ryan refound his love for Marissa at the end of last season. Yeah. I know Voychuk is the only one who explicitly says it, and I know he's an unreliable narrator, but the way that the entire season, three episodes, well, has been structured. Well, yeah, because it's the idea of someone who's who's willing to throw everything away because of Marissa. And I kind of thought last season's arc was Ryan and Marissa realizing that they could, like, coexist as friends and they could get past each other. Yeah. And they could be okay not as a couple. Yeah. Because I, the thing is, like, I can't imagine Ryan doing this for, let's say, Summer. Or Seth. Like, I don't yeah. know that Ryan would necessarily throw his entire life away yeah. for Seth. He would be, don't get me wrong, he'd be very sad and very, and, and as you should may, be. And he would maybe want to avenge Seth, but, yeah. like, this is being played as a love story. Yeah, that, you know, he has, that he has lost his love. And, and this is inaccurate. <laughs> very much so. So, I don't, just right. get that off my chest. I don't love that, the OC. <laughs> hey, TV show from, like, a decade ago, fix this. <laughs> well, speaking of the, uh, the weird love triangle that they're trying to set up. Voychuk is hanging out with Sandy. By hanging out, I mean they're in a client lawyer yeah, they're, meeting. They're 
in his office and yeah. Sandy's on the phone with the DA and he's like, all right, Voychuk, we got it down. I'm going to enter your your guilty plea and the DA is going to come and take you to jail. Yeah. Voychuk is still like, yeah, well, I'm still going to jail. And he's like, well, yes, yes, you still murdered. So, yeah. You still killed someone. Like, it's. We're going to get a second-degree manslaughter. It's not going to be intentional murder, but yeah. yes, you did make someone dead. Yeah, Boychuk. but but you you know you turned yourself in, so you know you'll have a hopefully have a chance at something. And Voychuk tries to guilt Sandy a little bit, a little bit of like, but Sith said you would help me, and Sandy's like, yeah, dude, this is helping <laughs> I'm you. Helping you turn yourself in. Uh, and Voychuk it does actually give in. He's he's like, yeah. I mean, that time I was in Mexico felt like prison. And I mean, Voychuk has been drowning in his own guilt. Yeah, you 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 get the idea very simply every single time you see Voychuk in this episode that he is that he doesn't mind this punishment because he's already been punishing himself over and over. And maybe he hopes that maybe this punishment will be the one that I finally I'll feel better after. Or... You do have to feel a little bit for Voychuk because he had a certain sense of invincibility about himself that he could do all kinds of bad things and nothing bad would ever happen. Yeah, yeah. And the worst thing happened. <laughs> so, and nothing, and he will mean nothing happened to him. But that that's the thing that hurts the most. Now, meanwhile, they go off because it's going to take a while to get all the paperwork in line. Yeah. So S- Sandy's going to take Voychuk to a hotel. Because yeah. where else is he going to put him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not, you're not hiding under my bed. <laughs> my bed's too small to have someone hide under it. Hide under my bed like a Taylor Townsend. <laughs> what? I don't know. It's just a, it's a slang it's, I've heard. It's, it's just a thing I know, Voychuk. Let me drive <laughs> you to the not the mermaid in. We'll go somewhere else. So anyway, they're, they're heading off uh, as Ryan's coming in to, I guess, tell Sandy that he's over the Voychuk thing. And he sees them drive away. Now, he's also told by another lawyer, poor Sandy, he's with a client. He works on Thanksgiving. And Ryan's like, <laughs> it's not his friend. It's Wah. his client. Wah. Looks over and it's Voychuk. And his, and his expression is expressionless because it's Ryan. <laughs> what else is his face going to say? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... We get this thing where they go back to the Cohen household, and Taylor's helping cook, and it's annoying the hell out of Kirsten. Because Taylor's a bully. Yeah. And Ryan will, in this scene, continually see, like, oh, Taylor's here. Oh, Summer's here. I just be like, I don't care anybody is here. I can't relate to any of this. Just Kirsten, tell me where Sandy is. (laughs) And Kirsten's like, I don't know, dude. Taylor's bullying me. (laughs) Wait, hold on a second. You went to his... (laughs) His office came back here before he got home and asked me where is he how did you think that would turn out ryan remember like this morning when i made you guys promise you would make dinner make dinner ryan ryan's like no and then he then he walks off and then seth and summer say that they are there and kristen's like cool we gotta go talk to Taylor's mom, because I gotta get Taylor out of my kitchen. <laughs> I, gotta get, I gotta get Taylor out of here. So now you guys are in charge of Thanksgiving. Now, to be fair, Taylor is definitely a better cook than, um, than, Kirsten. than Kirsten, but she does it in a very annoying way. And, like, I wouldn't want an 18-year-old telling me how to cook. <laughs> Even if they're better. Especially when I ran the catering division of my dating company, which maybe no longer exists because Julie's been useless for De- five months. Definitely doesn't exist. I don't think I don't think it existed once. Uh, once Julie started, Julie started, dating, started Neil. dating Neil. <laughs> True, it was really just to get Julie a date. Yeah. Well, speaking of Julie, she's trying to cook her own turkey. 
but she does not know how to cook a tur- turkey. <laughs> no, we learned that Jimmy always cooked, and, and the Coens <laughs> always cooked after that. And so this is another scene where Neil's like, hey, Julie, want to talk about things? And she's like, Thanksgiving! I can't, I'm not going to talk to you! And Neil's like, oh my god, I gotta step slightly away from the situation. <laughs> to the front door. Where Ryan is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Ryan's like, I gotta talk to Julie. And Neil's like, uh, look, kid. <laughs> I can't talk to Julie. And if I can't talk to Julie, you, you can't talk to Julie. Because I know you've been talking to Julie. Ryan? All I want is to talk to someone about the things that are going on in my life. <laughs> because... Uh, it's a very. It, this is a very, very sad scene, and he just sort of emotes it at Ryan because Ryan is the only one in this moment. The only one he can talk to is Ryan, and Ryan does listen. Yeah, he, he doesn't help <laughs> because he doesn't know what's going on. Man. And 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 Neil. And this Neil says that he does love Julie, and he saw a future with he her. He was so excited for a future with her, but now it's just chaos because he can't talk to. Anyone. The thing, you know, it'd be so easy to make Neil a villain in the situation. Like, yeah. oh, Julie's grieving and he's yeah. selfish or disconnected or having an affair, which yeah. we'll talk about that. Yeah. But I do feel so bad because he's tried. He has well, asked her to go and talk to professionals. He well, has. It, it's very clear that, like, they said that for the last five months, Neil has been trying to talk to Julie. Mm-hmm. Like the, he's been trying to offer her support. He's not going. Oh, you're sad. No, oh, I can't deal with this. I'm going to go off and you know have an affair with he's my. Like, you're sad. Let's be sad together. Let like, me help you with your sadness. And, like, and for a while, she was no. I'm not sad. I also don't want to talk to you, but I'm not sad. And now she's. I'm not sad. And the only one who can help me with my sadness is a teenage boy <laughs> t- doing a murder. Yeah, and I thought they might be it. They they might be going the route where Neil. Is going to think that, like, she's cheating on him with Ryan because it's not the first time she's said with a younger man. But Neil um, doesn't but think that. But he doesn't that. think that. He just knows that, like, you guys got something going on. I don't care. I want to talk to the love of my life, but... I'm sorry, Ryan. Please go away. <laughs> please please stop trying to, trying to plan a murder with my wife. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Au revoir. Au revoir. I was also in France. <laughs> I married a man. His name was Henri Michel. <laughs> I'm in a poly love. Taylor's there too. That was upsetting. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on. And also Ethan Hawk. I don't Ryan, it was a confusing five months. <laughs> I had a weird business trip is what I'm saying. Now we learn where Taylor gets her bullying manners from, which we already knew. Oh yeah, nothing in this scene is a surprise for us to hear from Veronica Townsend. She starts by threatening a busboy with deportation. And then Kirsten comes to talk to her, and Kirsten immediately gets scared. And is like, I came to help. And if, Oh, you came to help me. Excellent. Well, you, by that, by help, I assume you mean do whatever the setup I'm doing here is. And so um, she goes to talk to Veronica, because Veronica is organizing a turkey dinner at the Arches or something, the club. Yeah, yeah. And so she wants Kirsten to put out the centerpieces, but she's doing it wrong because... Yeah. <laughs> because she's trying... Because what Kirsten's trying to do is talk to Veronica about children. And when she's trying to talk to Veronica about children, Veronica's like, oh, yes. Uh, you in would my- understand bad children. 
oh, it must be so hard to be you with, you know, that house being burnt down and shootings and also the Newport group being burnt down. So many fires, well, and, well, and the car accident. And that that is the part that actually makes me hate Veronica the most because, number one, those weren't – so those weren't obviously um, uh, Kirsten's kids who did those. But Veronica, that made me realize that Veronica is the kind of person who believes that if something bad has happened to you, it is your fault. Which explains why Taylor hasn't wanted to tell her mom. Because because she will be like, oh, you clearly have done something. She sounds like the, the roughest victim blamer of all time. Now, in this, you know, trying to lord her relationship with her children over Kirsten, <laughs> she does say, well, I would love Taylor, whatever she does. And then Taylor, like, slinks out from the corner and be like, hello, mother. Because poor Taylor believes her mom when she says that. Yeah. So they're going to have a talk, but... But first, we go to the Cohen house, where Summer and Seth are also not making Thanksgiving dinner. I have a question. Was the, is this before, or did they have sex before this? Nope. She's doing yoga instead of sex. Then how did she see his tattoo? Well, it's on his arm. So he just, so he just showed her the tattoo. Yeah, he was trying to seduce her. <laughs> but he's wearing a long sleeve shirt. <laughs> I mean, Kevin. <laughs> but he just, he's just like, let me show you something. He takes off his shirt. Look, like, a, as a reason, take off his shirt. Yeah. She's like, ah, cool. I'm going to do yoga. And he goes, I guess the shirt's going back on, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, that makes it even worse. <laughs> I would have loved a shot, though, of her doing yoga and him sitting on the bed without a shirt on. Just like, so. So are we going to. We going to do something here? <laughs> No, they do make out a little bit, but then Summer sees, again, the Atomic County yeah, cover. The she, drawing of Marissa. And she just lies. She's so sad. She's, she's got to go. She's, they got to go. Well, I, well it's because it's Thanksgiving, and I'm just, I'm so angry about it. We, we got to go volunteer at a soup kitchen. So they abandon their own Thanksgiving dinner. Thank God. It turns out, <laughs> Sandy arrives home, and they're like, got to go, soup kitchen. It turns out Kirsten has yeah. re-arrived back home. Interestingly, I, I do love how when uh, Summer's like, we gotta, we gotta go out with the soup catch, you gotta do this, and, so, and Sandy's like, okay, excellent. He's like, hey, activism, <laughs> so, I like that. So excited that she's that she's the one <laughs> that actually took some of, you know, little Sandy Cohen, all right, all right. Now, Sandy has grown since the previous season. We don't know if he'll continue to grow, but this season he's decided, hey, no more secrets from Kirsten that might stress her out. This season, I'm going to tell her Voychuk came back into town. This time, I'm going to tell her truths that will stress her out. Maybe this will be better. Uh, it can't be worse. I'm trying a so, new thing. So, yeah, he tells her he tells her the Vo- that Voychuk contacted him. And Kirsten goes, Voychuk, Voychuk? No, one of the other. Yeah, one of the other Voychucks. You know, the common name, Voychuk. Also, also, I like that this means at no point did Kirsten ever get his first, first name, which is Kevin. Now, I do appreciate that even the adults in the show don't call him Kevin. It's literally <laughs> only Marissa who has ever called him Kevin. Yeah, he's still just Voychuk to them. Now, Ryan, or sorry, Sandy explains, yep, contact the DA. He's going to turn himself in. I yeah. had to put him up in a hotel so that we're waiting for this thing to be processed. I'm going to tell Ryan once he's in jail. And Ryan looks out of the shadows and is like, so I can't kill him, huh? Because he's in jail. I mean, no, he says that you won't tell him after the holidays because then he'll be in jail. The implication yeah. being that you will kill him. Uh, this This episode has so many times, like, this is so much of the OC thing where someone will drive so far to do one thing and then come back. There's so many people just going places and Why coming back. Why do they back. keep coming back to the Cohen house? <laughs> I mean, I understand it's their home, 
but they but everyone's just going places and coming back from places and it's not clear how they sometimes get places and and I'm also really stressed out the entire time because there is food cooking <laughs> and they keep leaving it it's your, I I do not know how people are getting where they're going and they're just doing it and they're Hey, Aaron. Hey, Kevin. What did you learn during this quarantine? What did I learn during this quarantine? Um, I mean, I feel like we're all sort of starting to stabilize. Things are sort of starting to open up here in Alberta, which I think we talked about last week. Yeah. But I did something wild this week. <laughs> What'd you do? I had a Zoom date. Ooh. 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 Now, I've been kind of ignoring, like, the whole idea of dating, especially the online dating things. It's kind of like, what's the point? Sure. Like, what is the point? Sure. Who knows how long we'll be home for? And, like, I want to save my interactions with other humans. I want to expand my bubble to those I already know and care about so I can spend time with people I already know and care about. That's fair. You guys. That's the extension of my bubble. My family. But um, I do still have, like, a dating profile active because, I don't know, I'm also a believer in fate. You never know. Okay. And so this guy messaged me. He asked me a question, and I can't avoid an opportunity to talk about myself. (laughs) So we sort of messaged back and forth. He was able to carry on a conversation like a human with, like, good punctuation and some humor. Ideal. Ideal. And, like, no making fun of me, which a lot of people do as, like, flirting. They'll, like, tease you. And I'm like, you don't know me. Stop making fun of me. (laughs) Get out of here. And so he was like, do you want to have a Zoom date? And I was like, that sounds insane, but all right. So we, like, set up a Zoom room. We talked. Eventually... I didn't have my computer plugged in because I had had, like, a Zoom school session earlier. Yeah. And I've learned that the most comfortable setting and the best lighting is in my bedroom. Fair enough. And I can't reach, like, to have my computer on my bed, I can't reach a plug. Yeah. So I was like, whatever. I have, like, four hours of battery life. Ample. That's fine. That's plenty. Yeah. And then we talked for long enough that my computer died. (laughs) And it was, like, popping up. It was like, oh, you have 19%. And I told him, I was like, oh, I have 19%. That should be plenty. Don't worry about it. And then it was like, you have 15. And I was like, oh, I have 15. And then I hit 7. And it was like, okay, well, you have 7%. You didn't listen to me. I'm locking. (laughs) Yeah, last warning. Shutting down now. And then it just locked itself. And I was like, okay, well, I guess this is over. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, all right. And that was that. No, that was not that. We've continued to yeah. text since then. But, oh. man, it's a weird world we live in. Yeah. Yeah. D- date ended by running out of batteries. So hearing about, uh, you know, Voychuk being around, Ryan does what Ryan does. This is the first time we've seen him go all the OC. Oh, yeah. He starts he starts checking with surfers, wearing sunglasses, and being like, hey, you're here to use a hangout with Voychuk. And the guy's like... Voychuk killed a girl. I'm out of there. (laughs) And Ryan's like, I hear he's back in town. Well, the only person who would know about that is Heather. (laughs) I, I, it's, it's interesting to me the fact that like they, it's almost retroactive that they're like, yeah, Voychuk and Heather are just the closest two people could be without, you know. I mean, I hope that the surfer is like, well, Heather was there when he killed that girl, so... (laughs) Not a magic kinship. Yeah, they're accomplices, so, you know, they, they call each other. So, Ryan successfully hunts down Heather, and she appears, and she's wearing 
less makeup than usual and no black. She's wearing a purple shirt. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, Ryan, I, I, I moved away from the OC. I'm only home for Thanksgiving. I don't know where Voychuk is. I talked to him once and he was a disaster. And maybe you should move on before you two are a disaster, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Her appearance in this episode is interesting. It's noteworthy because, you know, she's able to actually say, hey, yeah, I talked to Voychuk in this. But her being like, no, I moved away. I'm only back in town because of Thanksgiving. All these conveniences. Now, she does explain, because, you know, you kind of wonder about this. Yeah. It seems that after Voychuk drove Ryan and Marissa off the road, yeah. he briefly stopped. At a stoplight. Heather got out of the car and went running to find literally anyone, which explains why the sirens came, because she called the police. Yeah. And Voychuk drove away into the night. Well, I mean. I mean, yeah. We, we, can, ta- we can take as much as we want from her. I mean, I, I, there's no reason the, to disbelieve and her. And the police did come. They did come. Pretty, pretty quickly. There was an explosion, though, so that... But the police came as the explosion happened. Hmm. And from what it seemed, they were on a semi-abandoned stretch of road. <laughs> I don't know where they were. There's no way to tell. But um, Heather's advice is the most important thing here. Yes. You can't let this eat you up inside like it did to Voychuk. Yeah, yeah. That's how he became a vampire, Ryan. Yes. And then Ryan is like, well, screw you. You didn't tell me what I wanted. Then he leaves. How dare you be healthy? Uh, Meanwhile, Sandy is looking for Ryan, like, during this whole thing. Ryan's looking for Voychuk. Sandy's looking for Ryan. Kirsten's calling Sandy. And Taylor's looking for Kirsten because her mother called her irresponsible and childish. And she's been disowned again. And also she'll never be skinny because her thorax is too thick. (laughs) Does she? I does she use thorax? I mean, she's torso. Thorax is what I remember. <laughs> okay, yeah, her thorax. Your thorax is too thick, and your antennas are too small, and the enzymes you use to break down food will never be as strong as mine. But it's definitely a bone in her body that she can't change. <laughs> is unacceptable. Yeah. Um. So, so Kirsten's like, like, oh right, some mums are terrible. All right, Taylor, I will help you. Get through this terrible mum situation. And you can stay here. And Taylor's like, forever! Like, no, one night. She's like, I'll sleep under Seth's bed. You won't know, Kirsten. You won't know. You've never known. Now home comes Summer and Seth. Oh, and Summer has gone rogue. Summer has done what is objectively a terrible thing. It seems like a thoughtful thing, but it's a terrible thing. So they went to the soup kitchen, and they're like, we don't need any more volunteers. Because soup kitchens always have enough volunteers on Christmas and Thanksgiving. Because that's when people think about them. So really, she should be volunteering in summer, but... Yeah. All um, right. So I presume she, at that point, stepped outside the soup kitchen... And just took <laughs> men from the line. And just kidnapped some men. <laughs> she has brought approximately eight homeless men... To a dinner for five. Yeah. Which means that Kirsten has been prepping a dinner for five all day. And now she needs to double that. And including one of them is Jeff from Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. Who always plays that kind of character. <laughs> it's it's funny that he always, like, he looks like Jeff from Chuck. If, I don't know if people here have seen yeah, Chuck. He, he just looks kind of dirty. Yeah. Which, and considering where these take place, he could be Jeff from Chuck. It's true. Yeah, he could exactly be that. There is some TV show overlap that we'll talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um I've but I've seen him uh I've seen that actor 
That actually is really weird because he cleans up super, super well, but he always plays like the hair sticking up crazy yeah, it's, thing. It's a choice. It's, 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 I guess it's good to know his brand was still running back then. Now, Kirsten is shocked and thinks, okay, I gotta get on the phone. I need more groceries. Yeah. And Taylor volunteers to go teach the homeless men personal hygiene because she used to volunteer at the YMCA and that was the class she taught. And she somehow, out of nowhere, has, like, a ton of hand sanitizers and, like, body sprays. Yeah. It, it, is, it is made very clear that all of them smell very bad. And that is the main complaint that, that anybody yeah. will have about them, is they smell bad. No one's mad they've made the dinner larger. No <laughs> one's mad that they're homeless. I mean, Kirsten is exasperated by it because, because she was like, we're not having the pecan pie. Yeah. There's only five people. She already chose to make less pie. <laughs> Now she has to make that pie, and Taylor's going to be annoying. Well, well, these hijinks are going on. Uh, Sandy, still trying to find Ryan, uh, makes the call to call Julie. Because he assumes, he assumes, you would think reasonably, that Ryan called Julie immediately when she found out the Voychuk was, when he found out the Voychuk was in town. I like that he didn't call her, because that means that he literally does not care what Julie, what Julie wants. He... He was literally using her because she had a P.I. Which, I mean, how many times has Julie used him? Yeah, so screw you, Julie. Anyway, she did not know about Voychuk's arrest. And she responds with, he's here, he's going to jail, it's over. And then she subtly freaks out. Now my question to you. Yeah? Did Julie just want it to be over? Like, is she just glad that he's being punished in some way? or yeah. does she, Or is she sad because she cannot make him dead? I don't know. I think... I think she actually is happy it's over, and I don't. And I and I think she is the kind of person who she did not care how it happened. She believed that sending Ryan to kill him was just the easiest way to get it and done. And she just wanted him punished. And she just wanted him punished. In she she believed like oh he'll never he'll, you know he'll get away with he'll it. get away with it. Um, so she just wanted the ease. She wanted the easiest way out of this situation. And now that it's done, she freaks out because she's like. Well, now why, how do I process why am my emotions? I not, why am I still not relieved? I'm still angry. Now, Caitlin makes the mistake of walking in immediately after this phone call. And she's like, yeah. hey, mom, you're freaking out. Would you like to lay down? And Julie explodes on her. Well, yeah. It's like, do I want to lie? Do I want to lie in a dark room with only my thoughts? <laughs> I didn't phrase it that way, mom. I'm 15. <laughs> I have a dog. Stop yelling at me, Mom. I'm a child. This dog is peeing everywhere. I tried to help you once by offering you ice cream, and you just screamed at me, and now you're screaming at me again. I am going to the Cohen's house where no one yells at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Julie's like, how can you go there? And Chris is like, they only hate you, Mom. <laughs> uh, Ryan takes some time to go to the only motel that he knows, the Mermaid Motel. And, uh... Shockingly, Voychuk's not there because Sandy's smart. <laughs> yeah, but Sandy knows that Ryan will go there, so Ra so that's where Sandy is. And Sandy's like, Ryan, come with me. Let me act as a dad to you and take you through an emotional journey. <laughs> we'll get People into this emotional journey. <laughs> but first, there's some parallels. There's two scenes that act in contrast to each other. You see, both Summer and Julie are avoiding having any sort of emotional conversation. They're trying to be distracted. Caitlin takes her dog to the Coens. Neil finally confronts Julie and is like, Julie, I am trying so hard. And Julie's like, yeah, that's why you had an affair. And, and he, he's like, he does say, I, like, me and her just talked. 
And then Julie gets in her car and says, I have to go buy more Thanksgiving dinner. When I get home, you'd better be gone. Like, this is my house. And then she responds with, we'll see. Like, wait, hold on a second, Julie. <laughs> Julie, you're not married to him. <laughs> you can't get his stuff. <laughs> this is not like Caleb <laughs> or this, Jimmy. This is not how, this is not how that works. Julie. That's not how any of this works. Neil is trying so hard. And he her, sees you're upset. He wants to talk to you about how you're upset. And her only response is, I will take everything you own. Because that's the only way she can process with information is aggressive divorce. Oh, Julie. Oh, Julie. Now, during this, Summer is also freaking how, out. Wait, wait, just, very, just very quickly. How is it possible that Julie can constantly be a victim and an aggressor at the exact same time? It's a very special <laughs> skill. It's a very amazing skill. Neil's out to get her, but also, she's getting at him. And he's not out to get her. No. He just doesn't want her to drive into the night to get more Thanksgiving dinner. Because <laughs> yeah, he wanted to hand her the cream. Oh, yeah. He wanted to hand her the cream, so she just dumps a full thing of cream. goes, it's right, <laughs> It's done. Can't do it. Now, while this is going on, Summer is busy dealing with the homeless men instead of talking to Seth. And he's on like, Summer, do you think maybe you're deflecting all of your emotions onto activism instead of talking about how much you miss Marissa? She's like, no. And she's like, I used to be dumb, Seth. I used to just hang out with my best friend all the time and have fun with my best friend and go shopping and talk to my best friend about my emotions. And that was dumb. Now I'm smart. (laughs) And I care about things. Anyway... I'm going to leave these people here. I have invited eight more men to your dinner than you expected. And I'm going to leave. Goodbye, Seth. <laughs> Goodbye. And Seth is like, um... They are fortunate this wasn't some sort of rich person thrill killing. Right? Ugh. And she's awful lucky she invited them to the Cohen. So can you imagine <laughs> if she invited them to her house? Oh, Julie would have thrown stuff at them. Julie would have burned people. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. So we see the uh, the accumulation of Sandy's plan here, which is that he brings Ryan to Voychuk's actual motel room. And really, this is just about Sandy being like, I know Ryan's good. Ryan thinks he likes to punch. He's so bad at fighting. I have faith that Ryan does not have a killer within. I'm not thrilled <laughs> by his his plan to, un- to essentially unleash <laughs> a victim unsupervised of victims um you know close family upon the killer um it's it's a it's a very um wild play and it only works because it's the oc and because (laughs) sandy does know ryan yeah i'm 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 gonna say that this is fine because sandy knows the future also how many times has ryan almost killed voychuk and then not killed voychuk i don't know like twice well so so Ryan goes into the room, Voychuk's there, and Voychuk is not surprised by this at all. And Ryan does In fact, he's, he's almost happy about it. Yeah. Well, because Voychuk is just looking for punishment. Yeah. Like Ryan was in episode one. Yeah. Vo- Voychuk wants to be punished. He also does love Ryan. Now Ryan does two punches, which Voychuk loves, and then mm-hmm. Ryan breaks a beer bottle, and then commercial. Yeah. This is where it starts getting really bad, like, battle of icky for me. The DA and the cops arrive, and they're like, oh, they're both still in there. Which means they're very aware that Sandy unleashed that boy upon him. I mean, everyone loves the OC and hates Voychuk. Voychuk is a sociopath. Yeah. And sometimes you want a sociopath to be beaten up a little bit. Yeah, but he is... 
But he's been arrested. Like, he's... He has not been arrested yet. All he did was talk to a lawyer saying, I'll turn myself in. Yeah, but he was waiting to be arrested. He, he had... Uh, Anything can happen to him before he's waiting to be arrested. He could have left that hotel. Yeah, but he. But the thing is that he did it, and they arrived there. It's just it. It feels very feels very much. It's very TV. It's very Kevin, widely TV. This is like if you were really mad at someone, I would put you in a hotel room with them because I know you're not going to kill them. But but <laughs> that person is not under the protection of the law. He's not under the protection of the law. He's, he's not arraigned. He's not out on bail. He's not in witness protection. But his lawyer brought someone. We can't talk about this. I think it's very, very clear that he is not under the protection of the law. Sandy just wanted to put him somewhere and didn't want to put him in his own home. It's 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 not great. So the 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 DA and the cops arrive, and Sandy's like, just give him a little bit more time. Um, and they do, and it's they go. We go back inside, and Ryan has is no longer standing over Voychuk. And essentially, they talk about, you didn't try to help, you didn't even stop, Voychuk feels terrible, Voychuk was trying to attack Ryan, not Marissa, which is actually kind of wild. And this is where the TV show goes to the place that I was ranting about earlier, because yeah. Voychuk says, I was going after you, you got the girl, you got everything I wanted. Yeah. And maybe Voychuk is wrong, Yeah. but the show was not framed in such a way that Voychuk misunderstood what was going on. Yeah. Because... If Voychuk was wrong, you should give Ryan a, a mom, line. A line to, line to be like, no. She was just my friend. Well, she, well, she was my just, friend and you took her away from me yeah, or, or something. Or even just some, something like... A reaction, a face shot on Ryan after that line. So, something like she wasn't any of ours. Like, mm-hmm. you can't have that sort of ownership over a she person. She was her own person. Um Ryan? So, something noteworthy here that, mm-hmm. um, that I do wasn't even thinking about. Because we, Ryan doesn't have the same point of view of us... He didn't. He thought it was a purposeful attack. Yeah, he is genuinely shocked to find out that Voychuk just wanted them to pull over, and it was an accident. Yeah, that it was really an accident. Like Voychuk obviously went way far, way, way too far. And for this moment that Voychuk got behind the the driver's seat, he had gone too far. But Voychuk was nudging them to get them to pull over, and Ryan. Genuinely what? thought that Voychuk was nudging them to run them off the road and kill them. Yeah, which is so he he has this whole thing where where he's like very shocked and he's like it was an accident, like all of this it was an accident and it was like and they, that almost made him like angrier. And so this scene ends with Ryan saying, "I'm not going to kill you. You need to live with what you did." Yeah, and then he's arrested. Yeah, then he's arrested, and, and Ryan and, he... and Sandy have a moment of yeah. connection and. Uh, we we go back to uh, the to wrap up another storyline. This time it's Summer arriving home for Thanksgiving, and her father's not there. Oh, but Julie's there in the creepiest setting I've ever seen. And the Thanksgiving dinner looks decent. It looks fine. I I'm imagining that it's all done up very well, but it's probably nasty on the inside. And Summer says <laughs> Julie just sitting there in like the partial dark at just and like her hands on the table staring at a man. I there's a good chance she might killed summer and summer does say where's my dad (laughs) and julie says gone and summer says where's caitlin and julie says gone i'm not sure where neil went to i guess it's a hotel i think he he was like if i come back to that house she might kill me so it's still my house but i guess i'll leave for a time leave for a time now summer explains 
I think Summer explains to Julie, one of them says, we can't go on like this anymore. Yeah. And they both realize that they have to grapple with the new reality. Yeah. Because this is nuts. <laughs> this, what's happening right here is not is not working out. Uh, and other people who have to grapple with it is back at the Cohen household, which they have been left with all of those strange men. Now, Seth keeps calling Summer. He leaves a voicemail. And Taylor's like, dude, you need to let her grapple with her emotions. I'm taking yeah. your cell phone away. She, she needs to face what happened on her own before she can face him with the group. And sometimes that's what people need. That's what Summer needs. Summer needed someone to tell yeah. her she has to face it. But yeah. Uh, we get a l- little fun gags here. One of the homeless people was actually Sandy's client. It's Jeff. Jeff was <laughs> Sandy's client. Another one of the homeless people owns ta- owns Caitlin's <laughs> dog. dog. <laughs> I'm ninety percent sure that's my dog, Savage. And Caitlin's like, it's little Julie. And then Savage goes to his owner, and Taylor recites the Bible. Yeah. Caitlin and Caitlin's like, you're nuts. And I like you. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm I'm not thrilled about where that's going. Oh, I'm so excited for a Taylor and Caitlin team them up. Uh, we we catch up with Summer, who not only is she leaving the co- the the homeless people she invited at Cohen's at the Cohen's house, she's leaving the state. She is. I mean, at, when she leaves the voicemail for Seth, it does seem that she's just abandoning her father, which. <laughs> filled me with rage but thankfully he was the one who drove her to the airport so summer needs to go away and grapple with this yeah. and i thought she learned that lesson in the first episode but no but no she i learned thought it she now. learned that lesson again when taylor came to visit her at brown no <laughs> but she's learning it now yeah she talks to her dad and he reveals that he will not be living in the oc when she returns no he's moving to seattle because he's going to go work on Grey's Anatomy. But he's not going to. He never appears on Grey's Anatomy. I, did you look it up? Because I did. I did. He never appears on Grey's Anatomy. But he is going to Seattle Grace, a quirky little hospital. To be the plastic surgeon there, which I guess he will be until Jackson <laughs> comes along in several years. Yeah, I I guess so. It's, it's weird because it is very much set up like, oh, now he's... Going spin- to Grey's Anatomy. Well, it almost seems like he's spinning off into another show. But it's like, oh, he's actually, that's a show that exists. Oh, is he going to appear on Grey's Anatomy? No, he's just going to be at Seattle Grace off camera. <laughs> you know, we can't all be superstars on TV shows. <laughs> well, I, I also like how he is going, he's going up to Oregon, which means he can be on the PL. That's right. Everyone goes to Oregon. Seattle's in Washington. Aren't, but isn't, aren't Seattle and Portland? Washington and oh, you're Oregon right, are very yeah. close to each other. Because I just know the Seattle and Portland are pretty close to yes, each other, but that's because the states are. But he could travel small. to the PL to consult yeah. on a case. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're right. Yeah, Seattle's in Washington. Portland's in Oregon. Anyway, they have a lovely moment. Neil explains to Summer that he did not like Seth at first, but he thinks Seth has a good heart and Seth will see her through this. Yeah. And now let's go to Chili's. Because why not? Because <laughs> we're in an airport. Yeah, because we're going to the airport Chili's. And at least Summer is not such a disaster that she abandons her poor dad who <laughs> broke up with his girlfriend because she's crazy. <laughs> and I think I'm not I'm not sure. But I think she gets the house. Yeah, I think he abandoned his home to I her. I think it's like it's, it's like when you it's like when you have a really really bad spider problem and you're just like you have the house now. Maybe he was like, "All right, I'll give you the house on the deal that when Summer comes back to the OC, she can stay here and you don't crazy at her, Julie." <laughs> and Julie's like, "I'm not even going to notice that Summer's in the house." <laughs> I like that somehow Julie has still like she's she is constantly stumbling her way into riches, and it's wild to me. 
Three times, Kevin. Three times. And at this time, there's no. She there's only no got, reason. There's no reason. She didn't. She didn't divorce a rich man and get all the stuff. I guess they're engaged. But that's not how that works. No, it's not. So, well, speaking of Julie, she does make her way to the Cohen's household. She rings the doorbell and she, her eyes are filled with tears. For herself, and she apologizes to Sandy for what she's done, turning his son into an assassin. Yeah, and everyone's like, "What? We can't. We also can't deal with this." Julie, you can come into the house. I think mostly because they're like, "Okay, Voychuk's in jail. She can't do anything. Can't do anything." So you know what? Just go ahead with it. Ryan has decided not to be an assassin. So you two talk, and then they have a very like. So the sad music plays, and you're like, "Oh, it's very heartwarming." But I'm not quite sure what the thrust of the Julie... So they offer Julie a chair at the Thanksgiving, but she does not want to chair the Thanksgiving. She wishes only to talk to Ryan. Yeah. And when she talks to Ryan, she wants Ryan to tell her about Marissa, which is very, very sweet because she wants to see Marissa through other people's eyes. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the line she uses, though. The line she uses was, was just, tell me about her. Which is a line you would use if it if like the storyline was oh she, you know I had a daughter who I gave up for adoption and yeah. then by the time I found her she was dead that that is that is the line you not it, sh- it should have been it, it, like the line should have been something like I don't know something else like how did you see her or like it it's just tell me about her is the line you give when I have no idea who this person is you tell me about I mean maybe. To be fair, Julie has no idea who Marissa is. <laughs> that is that is the, the way I would say it. it was like, it's like, uh, wrong. Ju- Julia just realized she knows. Which the, I mean, just episode should have been her being like, "Oh, I know nothing about my dead daughter." Yeah, to be, that's the thing. This scene fits into a different episode. It does. Yeah, this episode really should have ended with Julie sitting down at the Thanksgiving table and one of the homeless men handing her the dog or something. Yeah. 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 Um, I did like, you can see in the background that Sandy and Kirsten are, like, watching this conversation yep. to make sure, that, I don't know, that Julie doesn't kill Ryan for not killing Voychuk. <laughs> yeah, no, they just keep an eye on it. They're just not sure. What Ryan does tell um, Julie is he tells her about the first episode. Yeah. And it's very sweet. Yeah. Ryan is not great with words, as Ryan is not great with words. Yeah. And he, d- he doesn't mention that he was a weird marionette man, but, you know, that's he, that's a logical thing you don't tell people He doesn't about. remember that time of his life. Yeah. No. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic drove around from hotel to hotel looking for something, someone that they desperately needed until they the only thing they could do was be taken by their adopted father to go kill a man? <laughs> okay. I did. And my CW moment is Caitlin's dog. <laughs> did not serve to drive the storyline forward. No, it was like a well. I I think the purpose of the dog was to show that she is just being infuriating to Neil. Like literally, is her acting out? Unless you agree with me that she secretly loved the dog. No, she stole the dog from a homeless man. Well, and I mean, then we got the goof of her giving the dog back. But like, she did seem to care about the dog. Well, the point of when the guy was like, "I'm pretty sure that's my dog." She's like, "There's no way." And like, you you found him on a pier. You know that dog belonged to someone. 
I just feel bad for Caitlin. She's a child, and her upbringing has been the worst of anyone on the show, including Ryan's. No, her out, her out. Uh, I don't know. I think she's had a worse upbringing than Ryan. I don't know. Because at least Ryan knew that Dawn tried. Well, at least at least Caitlin had Neil for a while. Neil did. I mean, did not really care about Caitlin. He cared much more about Marissa. <laughs> Well, that's because when Caitlin, by the time Caitlin came back, it was mostly just Caitlin being chaotic. But when she first came, she was just a sweet girl who was like, I'm going to rule Harbor. <laughs> Man, you excuse so much for Caitlin. Yeah, I feel really, really, really bad for her. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have you been raised by Julie Cooper? No. Being told that you're not as good as Marissa? Aaron, no one's been raised by Julie Cooper. <laughs> like... I mean, Caitlin was until Julie Cooper got tired of her because she wasn't cute enough anymore. And then she went to boarding school. And then she was always told, you're not as good as Marissa. And then she moved back in with her mom and then Marissa died. And Caitlin still was not as good as Marissa, who was dead. <laughs> All right, fair, fair, fair. <sighs> did she find a CW moment? I did. Um, and mine has to be, it's, uh, it's a small thing. And it only exists, it's almost like it exists because they wanted to structure it this way. But <laughs> Sandy talking to Ryan and being like, Hey, well, uh, you know, glad to get on with that Wojciech thing. You know, you're not too angry. He's like, oh, I'm not angry. I just want to <laughs> kill him. And then Sandy calls Wojciech back? Well, like, you know. I don't know what more he needed out of that conversation because he got where are you earlier. <laughs> so I don't know why he called him back then. What does he say after he calls him back? I don't remember. He doesn't. He just says, thanks, like, thanks for picking up again or something like that. Maybe he changed the meeting place. <laughs> He's like, yeah, just come here. Don't come here. <laughs> I know was what? wrong. I was wrong. Don't come here. I'll come to you. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll find we'll find a place that has less weapons in it. <laughs> yeah. We didn't even need to have him call Voychuk back because we could have just seen Voychuk pacing around at the beach, being like, "Oh man, I'm at a beach." And then Sandy could have pulled up and picked him up. Yeah, yeah. Like we could have figured it out then. It, it, it's it was just for the what do you call it the 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 dramatic like switch to the opening credits but i feel like maybe that's when he should have gotten the phone call i don't know it was really weird that he called him back <laughs> didn't make any logical sense unless they thought we were dumb and we wouldn't get it no the, the show's no the show usually thinks that we're fine yeah yeah well anyway that is this episode of the oc we are getting through the season those uh, things are changing i think julie has a big house again who knows? Neil's, they have the set. <laughs> Neil's off to Seattle, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they've spent money on that set, yeah. so they're not going to. They, they they do mention that. So we should talk a little bit here. So Neil Neil says that he that he didn't have an affair. He just talked with um uh, Gloria, which I believe. Mm-hmm. But then as he's leaving, he's also like, I might be getting back together with. It seems real vague. Seems real vague. Um. It seems like he's just leaving potential open in the rest of his life to move on. Yeah. He, mostly he's just like, I gotta I gotta go. He, he does say, yeah, the job offer came at a very good time. He's like Luke or... Um, well, I, I think that maybe part of the reason he wanted to talk to Julie was also that, the job offer. <gasps> oh my god, Kevin. The actor who plays Luke eventually ended up on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Is it because of Neil? Did he develop, like, a connection with Luke in Portland? <laughs> all right, all right, Luke, I can get you a job at this hospital. It's called Seattle Grace. Here's the thing. You have to pretend to be a completely different person and forget everything that you know. 
<laughs> I mean, that's what Neil did. Like, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Neil definitely wanted to talk to Julie about the job. You, I mean, he wanted to talk to her about anything. It's it's a it's actually impressive how like how much you feel for Neil because they put him in a position that in even in this show in earlier episodes they 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 automatically portray as oh he's the bad guy he and it would be so easy like it's actually a real like tour de force and like a lot of work on the part of the actor and the writers yeah. to make him not the bad guy yeah like like it's, it's sort like of like thing... you have to fight against it to make him yeah. sympathetic and like yeah obviously cheating on someone sucks but like he was in such a situation where he just wanted a conversation with a human being and separating him from Summer and every other person, like... Because I bet if Summer was not at university, yeah. he would not have reconnected with Gloria. Probably not, no. Because he and Summer would have been, like, would have been the team. They would have been the team that would have been able to... He and probably would have left... He probably would have left Julie, honestly. Yeah, and Summer probably would actually also be processing the whole thing better. Yeah. But... but that's university, it's yeah. hard. Situations then, you, you lose a lot of your uh, support. Yeah, yeah. Growing growing up is tough. Yeah, that's that's the premise of the show. <laughs> tough for the parents and tough for the kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, anyway, it's not Thanksgiving, but I guess be thankful for <laughs> for parents and kids in your life. Thankful that it's not Julie. <laughs> yep, none of us have Julie Cooper as an adult in our life. None of us so. is Julie Cooper. That's good. I, there, there are a lot of moments in the show where I give a lot of people more leeway than others because you see them it's like, all right, well, adult, teenager, yeah. But Julie Cooper is an adult Julie who Cooper. consistently acts as a teenager. Yeah, yeah. And and if if you had just come in at season four and been like, here's Julie Cooper, here's her background, you'd be like, oh, I do feel really bad for her. And I'm like, you have to understand everything that she Everything is. she has done. Like, cons- consistently, she is the person who is very woe is me and then... She, she, it's, she very much is going the path of Penelope Blossom. <laughs> yep. Where if she kidnapped a whole bunch of those kids and made them all, you know, <laughs> go into <laughs> some sort of weird jigsaw type trap in the woods, I'd be like, yeah, this seems like a logical conclusion well, for his actions. That's the thing. Like, she's consistently ready to be like, oh, Ryan, nope, let's send him to jail. Let's make him take the fall for Marissa. Oh, someone needs to be dead? Send Ryan. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not heartwarming that she, that her and Ryan are in this together. In this she was together. just like, what's a tool I can use? Yeah, they weren't, they weren't two grieving people who found each other. They were a grieving person who could use someone else, which is why I liked it so much that Ryan did not tell her that Voyage was being arrested, because he was done with her he didn't need her anymore nope she told him where Voychuk was yeah. and that didn't work out and then he knew where Voychuk was anyway in retrospective now that we're sort of done this whole Voychuk arc remember in the in season one oh not season one in episode one when at the end Ryan had that whole like talk with Sandy and somehow like somehow his experiences in episode one put him into this state of mind I still don't get how his experiences in episode one put him in the state of mind like you're right I do have to go find Voychuk and kill him he realized that he had to get – he started to feel again, and then because he started to feel again, he was like, well, now that I feel, I have to Cause, cause, end these feelings. Because I was really I was really believing that, like, like maybe the way it's going to go is that he really does just want to confront Wojciech. But his whole, like, punching him twice and breaking a bottle – I mean, I guess you could, you could see that as the idea being that in that moment, he did not know what his emotions would do, and, and it, that's what they did. 
And it was like kind of a throwback to when he almost smacked Voychuk with the art piece or telephone or whatever he used. <laughs> and then he had a flashback to Trey almost doing that to him. Like it's yeah. just a whole cycle of violence that he was finally ready to be done with. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. So that was the OC. We're on to new things because most of our characters have realized they have to cope with Marissa. Yep. Yeah. We'll see some of these strings carry on, but we'll also see what they're doing now. There's no more, there's no longer the structure of school. Yeah. Some yeah. people are in different provinces, states. Yeah. Some people have moved back from France, but will they return to France? Yeah. Who knows? Is, I'm, I'm, this is going to be a very weird, because it's not even like the Riverdale where they're all going someplace else. Only summer really. Well, but Seth will be going to yeah. Providence soon. Yeah. It's almost January. Yeah, so I wonder how that's going to work going to work out. They essentially just gonna have like Summer and Seth over there and Ryan will maybe return to university. <laughs> and they're and they're con- people are constantly flying between Providence and the OC. It's currently what they're doing now. I mean they're all rich. So. Yeah, they're all constantly flying everywhere. So we shall see. New adventures abound. Yes. Uh with but that you know, that will that'll have to wait until next week. So uh tell us. Tell us what you thought about this episode. You can send us some social media reflections. That's all podcast MOA, podcast MOA. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. And you can email us at Gmail, podcastmoa at gmail.com. Or give us a rating, a review, subscription, Apple Podcast, your podcaster of choice. If you like this retrospective commentary, if you dream of a simpler time, 2009, when we could leave our houses, you want to listen to this podcast. That's in seven. Now we've moved forward. I'm pretty it sure. It started in 2004, 2005. We're in the fourth season. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, just do the podcast things. All right. Well, and we'll see you next week. Will Taylor be accepted by her mother? Will Seth and Summer rebuild their relationship? What's the next adventure for the eight homeless men? Featuring Dog Guy, Jeff and the other ones. For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? 